Club members. I'm Kate and I have very exciting news. Emma has officially moved nearby in the in the Raleigh Durham Triangle, so she lives near me. Yeah. Instead of I, eight hours away. Exactly. I think forty sounds a bit better. Forty minutes. <laughs> so yes. yes. Um we're still recording this in separate places because uh we got we got business to attend to. But we do, we do. I got my white coat today. So that was yeah. a, a big kid moment for me. Yeah, you got your white coat and your little name tag says Dr. Doctor. Yeah, it says Dr. Doctor and my doctor. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's so Amazing. exciting. I was a little bummed that it wasn't on my white coat, though. I really wanted my little embroidery on the white coat. It, I feel it, like I earned it, goddammit, $300,000 of loans. Yeah, my little name. It's not embroidered? No, it's not. Looks like I stole Trash. it from somebody on the street. <laughs> Well, now you know, guys, that you can just get a name tag and any old white coat, and you're a doctor now. <laughs> okay, let's not tell everybody about that little loophole. It's it's a loophole, for sure. I have to spend all that money. You have to spend all that money. Oh, my gosh. That has happened before. I heard there was a doctor who was practicing in Texas for like a long time, and he had started getting all these malpractice suits because he didn't know what he was doing. And then turns out he wasn't a doctor at all. I can one-up you because... You're asking someone who listens to true crime if I've heard about that true crime event. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I like I listened to a true crime episode the other day where this wasn't even the main story in the true crime episode, but one like side character was a dude who was performing gender reassignment surgeries <gasps> from a hotel room <gasps> and keeping the parts afterwards. Stop. No. And then he cooked and Emma. ate them. Okay, Emma, you know what? Disgusting. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong? You know what? I gave you many episodes. I give yeah, you many episodes where you can be gross in true crime, but this is my safe space for <laughs> fictional things. <laughs> All right. I'll, I will. That will be the last true crime um, anecdote I share. I don't I probably, believe you. I should probably get these all out before I have like my intern dinner with a program director. <laughs> you should like probably write them all in a journal somewhere. Just get yeah. all those feelings. Don't no, let anyone find it. I was going to say, because I have heard too many stories about people finding very incriminating journals. You will go to prison. I will go to prison on that circumstantial evidence. Well, we're not here to talk about the creepy things Emma's into. We're here to talk about that horror movies. way worse than it is. <laughs> we're here to talk about horror movies, specifically horror movies that you, the club, suggest to us. You suggest them by reaching out to us through our various social media or emailing us at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. We then take those suggestions, um, pick the ones that have the most kind of uh, votes, pretty much. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? The most suggestions. And then we pass those up to our overlords. Those are our Patreon patrons. And then they vote on the movie of the week. So are, yep, that's about it. That's it. And, oh, and I guess I, I do want to mention, um, we do have a new patron. 
Uh, I mentioned it on the mini episode uh, last week, but I wanted to mention this week too, just because he he deserves to go on on a big episode, not a mini episode. But oh, I totally agree. So David from Horror Movie Talk, who was on our It Follows episode, guest hosted with us. He has been a club member for a while, and now he's one of our uh, patrons. He is a vice president of the club now. So yes, he sure is. Very, I'm very excited. excited yes, about that. I feel like I have a big brother. Yes, a hundred percent. A big brother who can vote because we are not allowed to vote. Yes. So I'm very excited. I, I'm excited because I can't vote for the movies, but he can. And I feel like he and I have very similar styles or interests in movies. So I think mm-hmm. this is going to um, bode well for me. I don't know how it's going to bode for me. Poorly. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I'm excited. Okay. Good. Um, but I, I do also want to give a shout out to the club member who suggested uh, this movie. Emma, who suggested this movie? This movie was suggested via an email by Rue. Oh, thanks, Rue. Way to go, Rue. Have, yeah, I think, think Rue's mentioned, suggested a few. I think we have a, a, like a list. Yeah, Rue uh, sent us this in an email. And she I think I sent us several different um, suggestions. And hopefully we'll keep sending them to us because we've had many successes from them. I do want to give like a little uh, teaser for this movie because I do feel like not many people have heard of it. So this this teaser, I'm going to just fully admit I stole off the off the interwebs. So here we are. Archaeologist Scarlett Marlowe has devoted her whole life to finding one of history's greatest treasures, Flamel's Philosopher's Stone. According to legend, the artifact can grant eternal life and turn any metal into gold. When she learns that the stone is hidden underground in the catacombs of Paris, she assembles a crew to guide and document her historic mission. As they begin their descent, the team members have no way of knowing that they are entering their own personal hell. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Okay, Kate, now do that again, but in an early 2000s movie trailer narrator's voice. Archaeologist Scarlett Marlin. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we all know that voice. I we wonder who voice is it. And it's how much money you got paid? Probably not all enough. Right. But Let's refocus. Refocus, Emma. Yeah, tighten up. So spoiler warning, uh, This at, at, from this point forward, we are going to be spoiling this movie. If you want to check it out, go watch it on Netflix. We'll wait. And come back. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. So oh my glad, God. So Let's glad talk you went to do it. that. Let's talk about this movie. Um, oh, before I forget, I do also want to um, say thank you to all the club members who have been with us for so long. We have had a big uptick in membership, meaning people listening to this podcast. Yes, and it's all because have. of you. Thank you so, so much. And I want to just ask you guys to keep doing what you're doing. Share this club with your friends, with your family. And especially if you can, and if you feel so inclined, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. That that really helps the algorithms that be um, get our podcast as suggested podcasts to people who listen to similar podcasts. Say podcast again. Podcast. Perfect. And I, Emma, I did I did want to tell you we do have a new review that I kind of wanted to Ooh, read. A to new you. one. A new one. Yes, yes, please. I'd love to hear it. So this is from Slicker one two three four four four. Um, Emma and Kate produce my favorite review podcast because they have wonderful chemistry as sisters and friends. Oh, mm. the audio quality is brilliant and they have very nice voices. Oh, we have yes. nice voices. We have the nice voices. <laughs> they are fun and funny and have intelligent points with plenty of fun commentaries sprinkled in. Oh, we're not just 
fun. We're fun and funny. Fun so. and funny. Put that on your resume and smoke it. I'm going to be walking around with a little extra jaunt in my step. Thank you, Slicker123444, for listening and for making us feel appreciated. This podcast is fun, and I love doing it with you, Emma. It is work. So yes, it, it, is. it does, We make time for it. So it, does, it means a lot to hear that you guys enjoy it and that we should keep doing it. So thank you so yes, much. Yes, absolutely. It, it really feels good when you put in that effort and then people are nice to you like that thanks for being nice thanks for being nice okay we're not talking to you Shriner guy who's still angry about the halloween episode and gave us a one star (laughs) yeah thanks for really throwing off our ratings with that we have a one star um we are 4.9 because we have one vote that is a one star and i know it's him because he told me it was (laughs) Um, he's he, like and that one star was me was me because you didn't like the movie i liked. That's I'm like that's really funny fine <laughs> Fair all enough. right we'll take it if it was all fives they'd think that we were a bot so that's, that's true well back to the show so we want to talk about as above so below it's time for me to pick a film genre um i have a couple of options because i really couldn't decide and i want you to emma i'm gonna let you be the one that picks it yes please give okay. me your options all right so Indiana Jones and the Catacomb of Nonstop Riddles. There were a, a lot of riddles. <laughs> and some catacombs. And a lot of catacombs. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Bones. Raiders of the Forced Romance. Oh my God. The Forced Romance is real. Let's it not get ahead of ourselves. Painfully real. All right. Num- n- number three. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone will kill you. I love that one. That one's great and accurate. <laughs> it's accurate. Or will save you, depending on how you look at it. I don't know. Uh, I saw one person get saved, and I saw a lot of people get not saved. Yeah, I mean, being in contact or around the Philosopher's Stone, I think net negative. Net negative the movie. <laughs> for sure. Okay, um, number four, Topless Witch Choir Horror. That has no other purpose in the movie. I know. Um, And number five, the reimagining of a classic and highly similar cinematic adventure, National Treasure. (laughs) Yeah, similar destructions of priceless artifacts. Uh Uh-huh. For for personal gain. That they say isn't for personal gain. But it is. But it it is. She's like, I don't even want the money. I just want to live forever and be the (laughs) uh, the world's famous first person to live forever. I just want to like fuck around I'm in these catacombs that way. Um, that way. and have you guys come with me and do it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. If you'll take care of all the hard work, I'll, I'll be right behind you. I'll be right there. <laughs> all right. So which one is it? Which one wins? Well, I uh, definitely think that it should be number three. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone will kill you. Yes. Excellent. Excellent choice. Good. All right. So this movie came out in 2014. That's the same year as our last movie we covered. It follows. Um, and the budget is also similarly on the low end. So It Follows was $1.3 million. This one was a little higher, but still I consider a low budget. So $5 million. $5 million. That, not a lot. But yeah, I mean... It's not a, a tiny amount. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, over... Scrooge McDuck would be pleased bathing in that yeah. amount of money. Yes, but a pleasing amount. But. A pleasing amount, yes. But at the box office, they actually did pretty well. I was I was impressed. So $41.2 million at the box office. Whoa, that's movie. a great return on investment. Yeah, It Follows got like half of that. Again, I think their return on investment was was still really good because they paid less up front. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, $41.2 million for um, a relatively unknown horror movie. I don't remember this coming to theaters or anything. I don't either, actually. Yeah. When did this come out? 2014. I have. I just said this. Ah, uh, yes. 
Emma. I, I remember you saying that that time. Oh my God. Tighten <laughs> up, girl. <laughs> so sorry. I know you had orientation this morning and you are tired. I'm, yes, a little bit. <laughs> I can tell. But I am here. I know. You have to act excited. I am excited. Okay. Oh, speaking of excited, Emma. This isn't speaking of excited at all. I was excited about it. Emma and I, because she just moved here like Sunday, we got to watch this movie together. And that's the first time we've ever done that. Yes, it was very tricky because we had to keep a lot of comments to ourselves so that we could discuss them now. It was Um, very, very tricky because you want to, this is a movie that you want to talk about the entire time. Yes, it definitely is. Um, But I, I did my best. I scribbled everything in my little notebook. Kate did. She scribbled away until her dog drooled on it and oh my god her notes. <laughs> he did yeah all, so I, all my notes anytime I watch a horror movie for this club I take notes and so I have my little notebook and my little ink pen and I write my little notes and then Charlie comes up my little anxious disgusting dog comes up and he starts panting over my notes and drips drool on them mm. so much that it's no so much so that it smears my ink and I don't yeah, know what it, it says. It sure did. So gross. Dogs are disgusting. I love them, but they're disgusting. Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Cats are a little easier. They're at least they don't drool on your stuff. Nope. They just claw up your couches. They're expensive in that regard. But we're not here to talk about our pets. Um, so writer, um, this was written and directed by John Eric Dowdle. And he also co-wrote it with his brother, Drew, which I think is adorable. They Very don't, sweet. They don't have a lot of movies. They have, they have like a good, you know, a handful of them that I haven't really heard of. But I, I still like that. Um, <laughs> I think but that... They haven't done... I don't really know anything they've done, but I, I like it. <laughs> it's, I just like... The, I like it. Yeah. like they're siblings. Um, I don't know No, if, I feel what you're saying. Emma, I, I love you. And I love doing this podcast with you. I don't know if I could make it through making a movie with you that sounds well, that really stressful <laughs> oh that was hurtful no I don't mean it hurtful it just it, like that's a lot of stress to put on a relationship it is a lot and also you're doing an underground well in this case yes in ancient cata- in spooky catacombs where you're claustrophobic so okay, actually to, yeah to be, I agree to be fair I don't think that they like just brought all their equipment into actual catacombs like this yes they did they did this was filmed in the catacombs. Are you serious? Yes, I'm 100% serious. Oh my God, I had no idea. I thought they were, I thought it was a set. No, it looked so good because it was filmed in the catacombs. <gasps> Shut up. Are you for real? I'm very for real. Oh my God, yeah. Our relationship would not survive that because I wouldn't go in the catacombs. Because <laughs> I'm yes. horribly claustrophobic. Even yeah. just watching this movie was a lot for me. Probably the most effective thing about the movie, honestly. You don't think the romance was effective? Um, that's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> I love me a, a romantic plot line, but not that one. Sorry, George. We do not ship George and Scarlet at all. Yes. And they need to get it together while they're being chased by ghouls. In oh, the- I can't. Whenever they're like, they go, they like pop down into the catacombs or walk around and she just turns him and goes, why didn't you call me back after Turkey? <laughs> I was like, what the? I'm like, first of all, now? Why now? <laughs> Second of all, you're being filmed. But then again, maybe she wants the cold, hard truth that she's <laughs> interrogating him. You're on candid camera, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. Why didn't you call me back? <laughs> uh, the, the time where they go. Actually, I'm going to save it for when we get there. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Because like that was one secret you couldn't keep while we were watching it. No. Because I, Emma, they would, ju- they would have like a loving moment. Emma would just be like, Ew. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, that one just was not working for me. Did not work for her. And one more person I want to give a shout out to is to the cinematographer. His name is Leo Hinston. Uh, he doesn't have much of an online presence. He doesn't have a wiki page or anything. He's worked on a couple of the other Dowdle films. None that very Kate notable. Loves. I, 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 I just... <laughs> <laughs> they're my favorite movies I've never seen. I just like that they're like brothers. That's so yeah. cute. But I like his style. It's like both very dramatic and at times very subtle. So anyway, I found his Instagram and I followed him with a club account as a way of showing my appreciation. So yes. So, oh so he'll my God. be featured on our next full episode. Yeah, when we'll it will be featured by club member Leo something or other. God, that'd be a, I, that would be amazing. I would be so happy. Well, well honestly, I was on after we finish this episode. I was hoping that whenever you and I make our, obviously we make our horror movie production company, he can be the cinematographer. Welcome, Leo. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your invitation to join our production company. You're so lucky. You're so lucky. Oh my gosh. And Austin, um, our brother Austin, he is... Uh, oh, yes. Interior design. Yeah. He, he does interior design and he does house settings. What's it called? Honestly, it might... Uh, in staging. staging. It might be a problem though because I think if he gets his hand on horror materials, I think he's going to like turn them all into Beetlejuice props. That's okay. That might be like our, our thing. The Beetlejuice production company? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why not? Well, anyway, okay. Austin is going to be um, in charge of set design. Um, and we are now casting all of you to be our actors and actresses. Yes. We don't pay, but we pay with exposure. Yes. So. We will make you a star, kid. <laughs> so, yeah. If you guys have any ideas for what we're going to call our production company, just let us know. Okay. So we've covered return on investment, writer, director. What about the cast? Well, there's not a ton of them, um, no. but I will go. There's a couple that I picked that I'd like to chat about very briefly. So there's oui. per, there's Perdita Weeks. Uh, she is our protagonist, Scarlet. Um, and and back previously, you know, back before I had a loving fiance who I love and adore, um, people would say, "Oh, like, what's your type? Who's your type?" And I genuinely didn't think I had a type. Um, but now when people ask me that, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, my type is Scarlet from the underrated psychological horror thriller As Above, So Below. And they'll go, ah, yes. Ah, I know just same. the type. <laughs> same. <laughs> so if you, if you haven't seen this movie, let me just let you know. She speaks six languages, two of them dead languages. I mean, that's kind of a, a con rather than a pro. But, yeah, a little pretentious. Fine. But you're we, asking me. We can travel, you know. Um, True. She's a black belt in Krav Maga. She'll get you lock, locked up in an Istanbul prison. But she can pick locks so she can get you out of the prison. Hmm. Does that make it okay? And she has an excellent taste in chunky off-shoulder cable knit sweaters. Yeah, she, that she does. Very cute sweaters. So I could wear her clothes. Well, that is nice. Um, I, I think all in all, given how the movie kind of progresses, I think you probably should stick with Nick. Yes, I will. <laughs> you can thank me for your wedding. So I shouldn't leave Nick for this fictional character. Yes. And honestly, all you needed to call her was Indiana Joan. Because Andy. Oh, my God. Indiana Joan. That's funny. <laughs> that should be the film genre. Indiana Joan. Yes. That's okay. perfect. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. I love that. 
Um, that's perfect. So we just have three more characters I want to touch on really briefly. We have Ben Feldman. That's George, the forced love interest. I haven't seen him really in anything. He's in Superstore, Silicon Valley, and Drop Dead Diva. I haven't seen those shows, but... Yeah, I think he's also in Mad Men. Yeah, I, I read that, and I just... I don't see it, but, like, I don't... Like, his... his he, he just must have quite a range, I guess. Yes. Because he's yes. just the dweebiest little guy. Yeah, from weeding <laughs> in the catacombs to um, making sexist comments to his secretaries. He has versatility. No, I don't want to see George do that. George wouldn't do that. <laughs> he's a well, good maybe man. maybe you probably can't watch Mad Men then. I, that, I can't. I had to, it was too much for me, and I literally couldn't it's watch it. It's a lot. It was just a lot. a lot. I have mixed feelings. Well, we're not here to talk about Mad Men, thank God. But we'll, we'll talk about Francois Seville. Um, he plays Papillon. I don't know any of his movies. Most of them are French. But he's my favorite actor in the movie. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially when he was tagging stuff. Very engaging, that man. Okay. He does a good job. <laughs> no, he does. Do- no, my favorite character was the hermit. No, the mole? Yeah. No, it wasn't. That's not allowed to be your favorite character. It was. He did a great job. Very He's convincing. terrifying. Did you say very handsome? <laughs> no. I said very convincing. Oh, okay. He really seemed dead behind the eyes. Is that your type? Is your type lives in the catacombs? <laughs> Forgotten in the catacombs. Giant midriatic pupils. Yes. Mm. You like um, no iris, all pupil. All pu- uh, iris gone, obliterated <laughs> by the darkness. Just yes. pupil. Yes, yes, yes. We. I don't know who, who that is because I did not look him up. But I did look up Benji because Benji, I really enjoyed in this movie because he is terrified from the beginning. He's the most relatable character. That's for damn sure. Exactly. So Benji is played by Edwin Hodge. I, I didn't know. I didn't recognize him. Um, but he plays Dante Bishop in the Purge series. He's the only actor to appear in all of the first three films for the Purge. I'm probably the only recurring character in the Purge series. A lot of the people don't make people, it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't make it. I don't know. You don't have to know what the, the Purge is about, but you, they, a lot of people don't make it to the no. sequels. I'll just let you rely on the title Purge and you can just take it from there. <laughs> figure it out. Oh, okay, so that that's the the cast and um, the writing and box office and return on investment. So, um, tell me about critical reception. So, in a word, bad. Really? Yes. So, um, but it, Kate, it did pretty well financially. I know. I I'm thought surprised. it was. Ah, I thought what you were telling me did not add up. Um, but maybe people, many people went to see it once and just none twice. Oh so my gosh. I, I've seen you, it twice. Well, you must be among the mm, percent. Oh, would you no. like to guess what it's mm, mean? Okay, yes. So is this Rotten Tomatoes? It's Rotten Tomatoes. Give me the critics and the audience. Okay. Well, you've told me bad, so I am going to go below fifty percent for each. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say for the critics, I'm going to say for the uh, and for the audience, I'm going to say. I don't want to go thir- 42. Okay, so you think critics received it better than audience? Yeah. Actually, um, critics 
received it worse. So it was oh. 26% for critics, 40% okay. for audience. Um, oh my God, that's people, really bad. Yeah, we're really harsh on these these sweet brothers and their movies that Kate's never seen but loves. Yeah, um, leave those brothers alone. So uh, Jeanette Katsoulis uh, from the New York Times, she uh, made she the, loved it. She the loved quippy it so comment, much. this movie signature signage, abandon all hope ye who enter here, is the only instruction we really need. And that's all she says. Oh my god, that's a sick burn. I'm not gonna that lie. That's so savage. I kind of love it. That's mean. I want to use that just. As, I want to say abandon all hope. You who under here, but no. like <laughs> that's so mean. So one that I thought was a little bit, I think, closer to not just ripping it apart, but giving some thoughtful critique was by Eve Tushnet of the American Conservative. She wrote that the biggest problem is the movie's shallow portrayal of guilt penance and redemption this is the heart of the film and it's it's what the quest is leading up to and it's just a mess that's i think there's some truth to that yeah there is some truth to that so i i think that she's a bit more accurate someone who who had a positive spin that maybe more a little bit more relatable to those who did enjoy this uh movie said as above so below is often a lot of fun and it's excited historical notations and it certainly provides a view of paris not often seen it's not a brilliant horror film, but it's decent oh. and it has unique elements to recommend it. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I like, thought that one was also fair. Like I could, I I could would, get behind yeah. that one too. Throwing my opinion out there, I, I, that's how I feel about the movie too. Okay. Well, this person gave it a tomato. Would you give it a, a tomato? Yeah, this gets a tomato for me. It doesn't get the green splat or the garbage can. <laughs> Which one's worse, the splat or the garbage can? Wait, there's both? I think so. I don't think there's both, but I in in my mind I would think the garbage can is worse. Okay, I would give it a splat, but not a garbage can. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> so I gave it a I gave it a ripe tomato. Although, like, t- I'm gonna be clear here. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a ripe tomato if it's a 60% or up. So that's I'm not saying that it's the best movie, and I'm not saying it's the worst movie. I'm just saying <laughs> the it's way a movie. Can- and Kate keeps like, as she doing, she, she keeps, I wish I could see it. She keeps tilting her head to the right and to the left. On the one hand, but on the other hand. I'm really eyebrows. Yeah, I'm really putting some eyebrows, pr- eyebrows, putting eyebrows. some winky blinky thought into this. All right, enough of your, your comedic uh, physical humor <laughs> okay. that no one can see. Well, you're the one who's not supposed to talk about behind the scenes stuff. So tell me anything that is behind the scenes. So behind the scenes of this movie that, are the that's catacombs. That's crazy that it was so, filmed in the catacombs. That is crazy. I know. So, and I, I actually, I guess, call me ignorant, but I didn't know anything really about the catacombs God, except so that they ignorant. existed. Um, so the one-liner for the catacombs is that apparently there in December of 1785, there was a cemetery that was too full. So what they did is they decided to empty it and put the bones in the, what Correct. is now the you catacombs. You can thank Louis the Sixteenth for that one. And then there was yeah, the French was, Revolution, like, and he was the last king of France. So, yes, he's basically the, made a human dump. Um, and in there, there's about six million people, which it, which they quote in the movie. And interestingly, that's actually three times the size yeah. of Paris. That's insane. Them. It's not three. Ti- oh, the, the like the population. Yeah, that's a ton. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, like I told you, um, that they directed there and uh, John Eric described it as an extremely creepy place. It really tweaks at the mind. You go down there and your pulse slows. It's really weird. I don't want to go down there. I'm not going down there. 
The line about the pulse slowing like is it. very concerning to me. You would think your heart like rate it. would go up. I don't up, like any of that. Not down. I feel claustrophobic just hearing it. But I guess you're getting closer to death. So maybe that's it. Stop. No. <laughs> so scary. Okay. I guess we can't have a production no, film there. We, w- production we will company. do it in out, out in the space, spacious green grass away from dead body corridors. I also want a little bit of insight um, about Nicholas Flamel. I think a lot of us know him from his Harry Potter fame. From his work in Harry uh, Potter. <laughs> from his work in, in writing Harry Potter. Um, but I just kind of wanted to refresh y'all that this was a middle-class book dealer that, according to legend, got a hold of a book that had the secrets of alchemy in it. And so he traveled to Spain to encode it and quickly became one of the richest men in Paris. And a lot of people thought that he developed a philosopher's stone that gave him riches and internal life. And they believed internal that life. he was buried. Yeah. <laughs> he had innards. And he, he had His a home happiness life. came from within. <laughs> yeah. He's very well adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, people believe that he, uh, whenever he died, he didn't actually die, but he had to... Um, keep from spooking people by getting too old and or I guess not getting too old and so instead what they did was that they buried an empty casket and he lives on to this day has no one dug up his casket I don't know Kate would you like to us to do that in our upcoming movie oh my god yes that's okay so we got a plot kind of mm-hmm. yeah who wants to play <laughs> Nicholas Flamel <laughs> We are now, we're in open auditions. Also accepting the role of grave robber. (laughs) No, that's me. I want a cameo in my own movie. Oh my God. Don't cameo like, uh, cameo like Stan Lee. Of course. Not like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I just watched in The Heights. And it's like, he was, he was in the original In The Heights. And in this one, thank goodness he didn't cast himself as the main role. But what he did was he inserted himself in the movie in a song about popsicles. Oh my God, Lin. no No pertinence to the to the plot or anything. It was just like three minutes of him singing about how he, in Spanish, about how he's selling popsicles. I can't with that. I love him. He's great. Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in it, Lynn. I was like, this is at this point. It's okay. If you direct it only of the movie's time, that's not a cameo. Bless you. You're not a singer. Okay. We know you wrote this. We know everyone knows. Yeah. So I hope you'll be a a Stanley type. Uh, cameo i love that we can't make it through a single horror movie without somehow relating it back to a broad musical. musical we never can <laughs> uh, you I, know i didn't think we were that into musicals but i guess we are i guess to we some are extent because we keep word vomiting it. and we have opinions and we can't we gotta tell everyone we're like okay we'll talk about this horror movie but we are just upset about this musical cameo and someone has to hear about it so, <laughs> so i'll also so be telling you. you about that yeah so i guess <laughs> our, our listeners must must be very patient um Another thing that I found that was interesting was that the the they were they asked the director what the genre of this movie would be. Oh, and and he, he said, said Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. He will kill did, you. in fact. I thought maybe you stole it from him. Oh my god! Great minds, great minds. <laughs> no, he said that he thought it would be a hellscape genre. That's akin not to a the genre. Shining. And I was like, I have two mm, problems with that. No, one is a hellscape <laughs> genre, and two, I don't think you're allowed to compare your own horror movie to the shining no and three that's not the genre of the shining no i think we said the shining was house horror <laughs> yeah i think it Idiot. was one of my lazier days <laughs> yeah i think so too or toddler horror or something bathtub horror i can't remember what i picked okay my last one 
My last fun fact before we delve into the uh, movie is that um, Ben Feldman, the the gentleman who played George, he actually was claustrophobic. So if you kind of swap Benny with George, you will find a claustrophobic man who had to take breaks from filming to, in order to cope with the claustrophobia he was experiencing while in the catacombs filming. Like, okay, so no offense to Ben, um, he's a fine enough actor. You're like, why did you take the job? Yeah, like get get a less claustrophobic actor. I don't no. It's not like a super demanding role. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's probably, he's probably like, you know, will there be a lot of enclosed spaces? And they're like, no, it'll be fine. It, what? This movie about the catacombs? What? No. This isn't a permission to get the French government <laughs> to loan us the catacombs. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I do have some more to talk about the catacombs. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so Emma already told you about, like, why we have these spooky bone corridors in Paris. And um, so, yeah, so as she as she talked about, so Louis XVI had two problems during his reign as the last king of France before the monarchy fell during the French Revolution and before he was executed for treason by guillotine along with his wife, Marie Antoinette. So before that happened, he had two problems. And one of them was, were that the, the many rock quarries were collapsing underneath the mm-hmm. city. And two, uh, they were running out of grave sites and they were kind of an eyesore. So because of all that spontaneous human combustion. Sure. Not the starvation that led to the French Revolution. Ah, that. Uh, so he killed two birds with one stone and he just exhumed the bodies from all these cemeteries and just dumped them into whatever tunnels were left over from mining operations. Classy uh, guy. He did this in the cover of night, essentially transforming these abandoned quarries into mass graves. And so that's how they became the catacombs in 1786. That is really gross. Barbaric. Yeah. Gross. And the catacombs, so they're they're a huge um, labyrinth. We don't quite know exactly how long, but at least probably 400 miles. It's believed that they go down over 300 feet. Some are filled with water, some have collapsed, and they think that there's as many as seven levels of labyrinth catacombs. And it's really difficult to find an entrance into the tunnels because authorities shut them down as soon as they're discovered. I mean, who would want to? Like, come on, guys. I'm starting to laugh because there's a scene in the movie where they're trying to get into the entrance (laughs) of the catacombs. I know what you're talking about. And the police, the French police, just, they don't, like, announce themselves or say, freeze or stop. They just run and full body tackle them. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And it's like, I thought Jesus. it was a boogeyman, but it was really just a French policeman that didn't want him going in the catacombs. So, yeah, it's it, most of these. It's he was the hero to of go the film, into. to be honest. He tried to be. They all, they they got smoke bombed. And they're thrown. like, quick, smoke bomb, smoke bomb. Like they're magicians. <laughs> and they so they escaped into the catacombs. It but reminds me of like Arrest Development and like high, like something like, Joe Bluth would do. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yes, it does. So there, there is an entrance that they talk that I that I heard about. I was watching this little mini documentary piece in the '90s, um, not back in the '90s, that from the '90s <laughs> that I watched today. Back when Kate was one year old. Back when I was three, I was watching this little mini documentary about the Parisian catacombs. But the, they did mention that there is only like one known route into the catacombs, and they show it. They show them slipping onto railroad tracks, going through a tunnel. And then there's a hole in the ground that you have to pop into the hole and then it, it leads into the catacombs. And I was like, that looks really fucking familiar. So I pulled up the documentary and I pulled up the movie side by side because they have a shot of the tunnel and the railroad track mm-hmm. because they go down a railroad track in the movie too. And it's the same shot. So like maybe like, that should include you in that we were in the actual catacombs. Well, my, my I, as far as I got, I'm like, oh, cool. They use that shot 
to show mm-hmm. like entering the catacombs. And then obviously they didn't go into the catacombs because that's terrifying. Obviously. But apparently I was wrong. <laughs> and you do have to like crawl a lot. And there's like lots of holes and passages that lead to the lower levels, just like in the movie, um, no, which makes you. sense now. So that's just crazy. That's how I feel about all of that. Just no, thank you. So before we go into the movie, I just want to talk about how archaeologists feel about this movie. Yes, I would love to know, particularly yes. since she is quite young for all of the accolades that she seems to have acquired. Right. That's one of their biggest issues. Um and, and let me just preface this by saying that none of this affects my perception of the movie. Like real life and movie life are not always the same thing. Like watch literally any medical drama and none of yeah, that repeat is that. none of that's actual medicine, but you just have to kind of like suspend your disbelief and roll with it. So again, mm-hmm. it's fun to nitpick, but that doesn't affect how I think about this movie. But these people were not able to roll with it. These archaeologists. So <laughs> So first of all, this guy is breaking into clocks to fix them with no clear source of funding. That really bothered them for some reason. They have this van filled with very professional equipment. Again, no clear source of funding or in their opinion, no really purpose other than just this one yes. girl, this one woman's dream. <laughs> I think I think what they're saying makes sense because I think of every researcher I've ever met and how much of their life is consumed by applying for grants and trying to secure yes. funding and what a big deal that is. So I think that kind of being like hand waved away is probably like doesn't roll with them. Yes, big time. It did not roll with them. Number two, this is a big one. The blatant defacement of ancient artifacts. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and this, Nick this Cage. Is, yes. And um, Indiana Jones too. Like mm-hmm. that's, they, they bring those up a lot. Uh, quite literally in the movie, she literally removes like a centuries old stone from a museum swipes cleaning fluid from a nearby janitorial cart and just pours it on the back of the stone. She's like, this and looks like it wouldn't hurt a fly. And then she just pours it all over it and sets and it then, on fire. And then sets it on fire, yes. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, is yeah. there security here? Like, you're in a museum. It, don't worry about it. And of course, it reveals a secret message because this movie is exactly like National Treasure. But yes, that's something that really bothered Yeah, that's something that really bothered them. Number three, ancient, and this one bothered me and Emma too, ancient language translated on the fly that rhymes perfectly in English. Yes, yes. I remember you did note that. That real that did really bother me. Like they're reading literally ancient like Aramaic. And it was suddenly at, he, like a couplet or something. Yeah. And he's like reading it like kind of squinting like, hmm, okay. Like it says this exact very clear phrase and um, it rhymes in English. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's per- it's great a poem. That worked out. It's an English poem. That's awesome. Perfect. Uh, number four. This is the big one. Scarlett is under 32 with a master's in chemistry and two PhDs, one in urban archaeology and one in symbology. And apparently she also has a full-time faculty position. So uh, they really didn't like that. Yeah, I bet not. As they they're didn't. all trying to get tenure. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Everyone's like, what the, no. But this is one thing, and like the the full-time faculty position, I'm like, I don't, I I don't know how that happened. But the academia part, I was like, I think that might be possible. So Emma, you know, one of my favorite things is time math. So time math, this calls for some time math, baby. So keep in mind, Scarlett is British and the UK education system is different Ah. from us. 
I see it where is. you're going with this. Yeah. And so I, I messaged my good friend, Anna, who is British, and um, I wanted to figure out, I'm like, when do you start college? Like, how long does this take? Because it might be different. So like their education system is different. They don't have a high school like in the US. Full-time education is compulsory for all children age 5 to 18. Um Whereas schooling is just compulsory to 16. So what that means is basically post-16 education can take a number of forms, either academic or vocational. Okay. So, however, however, most people start university at 17 or 18. So next, bachelor's in anthropology slash history slash archaeology, whatever her bachelor's is in, that's three years. Again, this is different from U.S., which is traditionally a four-year bachelor's. Okay. Master's in chemistry, one to two years. We're going to call it one uh, to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's, you know, apparently super, super brilliant. So we're going to call it one. Uh, Next, PhD in urban archaeology. I actually looked up urban archaeology programs. I did not know that was a thing. Yes, it is. Um, And that's about three to six years. Now, on average, this is finished in five years. We're going to call it three um, because it's a movie. And she's really, really smart. Uh, The second PhD is in symbology. Uh, Nowhere offers this PhD. I checked. (laughs) Oh, that that is interesting. That one's made up. But we're going to call it three years. So... Let's say starting age, 16 years old, plus three bachelors, plus one master's, plus uh, six for two PhDs. That's 26 years. So 26 years old. And then Um, in four years, she became tenured. And then she got tenured. (laughs) (laughs) And then let's, so that's with her going hard in school, no breaks. Let's give her some breathing room to learn those six languages and to master Krav Maga. So let's call it 18 years old when she starts. Three years bachelor's, one year master's, and then let's, let's let's do the five years PhD. That's exactly thirty two. So she's fresh out and with a full time job. That's right. She's doing pretty good for herself. So just think twice before criticizing the love of my life. <laughs> it all comes back to that. Kate just Kate didn't even like this movie. She just liked that idea of that woman. I just think she's really cool. Indiana Jones. Cool. I like Indiana Jones. Yeah, she's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the academia part of it. Let's get into the movie. Well, that was all very interesting. That was a a lot of mind math. And I am thankful you did it for me because that made my head hurt a little bit. You're welcome. Um, I think we should probably go ahead and cover the movie. Oh, yeah. I guess we, I guess everyone doesn't want to hear about time math. Is that what you're saying? I did not say that. I was very interested, but now I'm very confused. So let's get back to something I know, which is this movie (laughs) I watched last night. Perfect. All right. Diving right in. So we have Scarlett Marlowe. She's the young alchemy scholar. The movie starts with her starting, um, continuing her dead father's work. Her dad was a scholar as well. And his life's work was to find the philosopher's stone. Um, so she finds this rose key, quote unquote, which is in a cave in Iran. Um, as she's in there, she sees a hanging man right before the caves are are blown up intentionally doesn't seem to bother her very much it doesn't she kind of just lets that roll off her back um and she just gets out and she's like yay i did it i made it and they're like what about the hanging man she's like don't worry about that we are moving forward see this is how she graduates quickly she she lets stuff doesn't linger (laughs) she does not dwell so um she escapes narrowly escapes and then she travels to paris so that she can get her expo george her former lover george to help her because um george is i guess a clock repair man slash um aramaic scholar he's an aramaic scholar slash clock repair man who breaks into buildings and repairs priceless priceless antiques sure i don't know who's paying him for this but 
Not Again, to be the archaeologist. Don't know where the funding comes from. I don't care. So <laughs> he agrees to help her after some like very, very heavy sexual tension. Yes. And heavy, then we, to put it lightly. To put it lightly. Then Benji, the cameraman, joins in with them and they find the headstone, which is the one that she lights on fire. And it contains the riddle, the riddle that tells them that they need to go into the ancient catacombs. Mm-hmm. This is where she um, enlists the help of Papillon. Papillon and his girlfriend Susie and their friend Zed are, um, I don't know, catacombist. I don't know what, I'm not sure what to like call them. They're maybe like bass players. No, Susie's definitely a bass player, to be 100% clear. <laughs> they're taggers. They're French taggers. And also, it's inferred that they own or that they have a band of which Susie plays the bass. It is inferred by us simply because of Susie's <laughs> hairstyle and overall demeanor. Yes. Yes, exactly. But they, they are very um, fluent in the catacombs. They know all the ways. They cave all the time. They're heavy spelunkers. Initially, George doesn't want to go into the catacombs, but he kind of has to when the police like body slam them and then they yes. smoke bomb and then they're stuck in the catacombs. And just yes. that, that is that. Sorry, George, you are coming along with us. Yes. And he's also now stuck with her because as soon as they get right before they have to smoke bomb their escape into the catacombs, um, Scarlet's like, why don't you call me back? Basically. <laughs> why don't you call me in Turkey? <laughs> And he's like, um, are we doing this now? And We're like, like around people. Yes. They're being filmed by Benji. Yeah. Benji's filming all he's of He's like, uh, this is awkward. But also, so here's one of my favorite bits of the movie, which I, I, to- I let it slide. I don't care about. I genuinely don't care. It doesn't affect my rating of this movie. The the quote unquote pen cameras that they try to give us some exposition like okay this is how because it's, it's a found footage movie I don't know if I've said that this whole movie is a found footage style hand cam movie mm-hmm. and to do that they pretend that they have pen cameras in, oh, their, God, like, this. in their headlamps and so they have this little bit where Benji their cameraman is like installing or turning on mm-hmm. the pen cams um, on their headlamp so they have these invisible cameras <laughs> yeah they don't even put on a fake camera or anything they're just they're like they were just like he just like taps on the the um, headlamp and it was like perfect i think it's ready all right i think it's on i think it's running i'm a cameraman they're like sure and i'm like all right i'm down for it benji i'm down with it i don't care then they they're crawling through the tunnels they encounter like a group of female cultists who all have are just tits out chanting with some flames in the catacombs that's just the way it be down here kind of like nobody reacts papillon yeah and i'll just spoil it for you they don't have any other purpose in the movie they do not and yeah papillon's just like yeah you know people do some weird shit in here was the girl who was following them ever explained there was like a spooky looking girl she looked like a victorian ghost ghost um i don't did she ever like was she someone's guilt or something I don't not I don't think she was involved with anyone's guilt. Okay, that it's, I take slight issue with that. But please I kind of do too. I kind of do too. So anyway, they have to crawl through a tunnel of bones, and then the tunnel collapses, and then they. This is one of many turnarounds that happened. They are right back where they started. Only they have they now have to go through a tunnel that they were purposely avoiding at Papillon's demand, which was an evil tunnel. And this was a really great moment where. 
um, you know, the, the leader, Scarlett, who's very much large and in charge. She's like, this is my operation. This is how we're doing mm-hmm. it. And very logical. She's like, we need to go through this pathway because this map tells me that that will take us right where we need to go. And he is like, no, that is evil. You wanted me to be your guide. I am your guide. You don't know this area. That map is going to tell you nothing. That map is a piece of paper. Which one of these chambers is flooded, filled with water? Which one of these is collapsed? Which yes. one of them is evil? That one is evil. Well, yes. it's a very compelling argument. It is. Uh, and so they, 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 they heed his advice and they go through the tunnel of bones. They army crawl through some bones and rats. But, you know, evil has another plan. The tunnel collapses and then they have to go through the evil tunnel. Yes. I liked that. I, I did. I, I liked I'll that too. Say, like, I liked a lot of the building action. I did not like the climax and the resolution. Okay. All right. Getting, getting some opinions out there. I'm here yep. for it. I'm not. I'm not going to say how I feel about the climax. I'm going to hold that one in because it's 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 a doozy. So now they're they're venturing deeper and deeper into the catacombs, and we meet Latope. Latope is a character that Papillon has mentioned very briefly prior. He's a, a big caver who want, like never went into the evil cave, but one day he just had to, and so he went into the evil cave and he never came back. So now that they're in the cave, Latope is there. Everyone's really Yay. upset about that. <laughs> Latope's acting kind of funny. Everyone's like, we thought you were dead, but they quickly kind of like adopt him into the group. Yeah, they don't really ask very many questions. I'll give them the credit that maybe they were just, you know, getting so freaked out that they were just happy to see anyone. Yes. Because like Latope is like this tall, wordless ghoul. And they're like, yeah, come on in. Latope, it's fine. Yeah, good to see you again. So eventually, um, Latope is like going to guide them the, onto the way out, and they come across a tomb. Um, it has a preserved Templar knight. Um, he's hundreds and hundreds of years old, but has not rotted at all. And then there's this big mound of treasure. Um, and this was a note that I stole from the archaeological journal that I was reading. Mm-hmm. Alas, a secure source of private funding <laughs> and, and <laughs> material funny. for a number of research papers and reputable journals. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And this is also where, very important, we find the flamel stone. So Scarlet removes the flamel stone without thinking twice. And then she realizes, oops, that was a trap. So the entire room collapses and Latope is lost under the rubble and they leave him behind as quickly as they adopted him. Yeah, they um, were glad to see him leave about as happy as they were glad to see him come. So exactly. he just, yes, he was a transient part of their family. Except family, yes, sure. So this at this point, Susie's arm has been really badly mangled in, in the trap rubble. And Scarlet has the flamel stone. She thinks quick and she kind of like pieces out like, I don't know, how do, how do you say it? Like, like, like she's trying to make flint. Like she just like. Um, she's uh, like sparking it. Uh, yeah, she's of. getting some, some, some magic powder onto Susie's arm. And She's kind of grinding it down a little bit. Yeah. And so she, she gets some magic powder on Susie's arm and it heals completely and magically heals. And then they find um, a door. They find this door that's on the ceiling and it has a Star of David on it. And it has a symbol that says, um, as above, so below. And it, there's a door that's hidden in the floor. And so they go through the opening and they find a tunnel. And that tunnel has a phrase on it that says, abandon all hope ye who enter here. Which, which is, Scarlet annoyingly 
recites to us while which i take i take issue with because they're all freak your whole group's freaking out and the way you calm them down is telling them that there's a sign reading abandon all hope ye who enter here i would i would i would fake it i'd be like look it says this way to safety yeah exactly that's, that's what any good human would have done george is like with no it doesn't yes it does george it says yeah. this way to safety this is where we're going because they don't have a choice that like the the catacombs are collapsing there's yeah, there's one really one there's one way to go one direction one way only um important to notice abandon um abandon all hope ye who enter here is what's also written over the interest entrance to hell and dante's inferno yes not so the not, first uh allusion to dante's inferno yeah and not a no and not a good sign either so they pass through and then they find a dark upside down identical like mirror image of the room that mm-hmm. they just left and there's also Latope and he's there he's back he's back and then Susie approaches him and that was a mistake oh man so Latope uh, grabs Susie and then just brutally crushes her head smashes it over and over into the ground he runs away they try to heal Susie with the stone but it doesn't work like that because she's dead it can heal I thought but that, that was effectively scary because they had built the suspense by having like Benji's claustrophobia um and then he you know makes it through and so they've had several um scares and this is the first time that you have that building tension and there's like a, a very jarring violent thing that happens yeah, it's real violent. It's a lot. It makes That's, you feel like you rolled over the top of the whole, uh, roller coaster. Yeah, and it's it's about to get way worse. <laughs> so yeah, they've they've six they've effectively built all this tension, and now shit's about to get real. So Susie's gone. Susie's out. And just as soon as Susie goes, Benji goes because they're, they're trying to climb down this hole. Oh, oh, yeah. And then that woman does come back, the female cultist. She comes back and she shoves Benji down that hole and he falls to his death. Oh, yes, that did happen. And then things get even weirder. So now it's just Papillon, um, Scarlet and George. Everyone else. Oh, and Zed. Zed made it. Everyone else is dead. And so they're walking through like the belly of the beast, really, the, the belly of the catacombs. And this is whenever we see a burning car. There is a car in the catacombs. It is on fire. And there is a boy in there that's staring out at Papillon. And Papillon is saying, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, Imply this is someone he knows, his brother or something. A, a source of guilt for him. Yes. But there, a force pulls Papillon towards the car the, the boy in the car grabs him, he pulls him into the burning car, and then the burning car just like folds into nothing mm-hmm. and is gone. Yes, that was very scary too. But then that's not enough because Papillon's not gone. He's in the ground and his feet are sticking up out of the ground. So he is he is in, in the stone of the catacombs with his feet sticking up. Suffocating. Suffocating. And then he just suffocates to death and dies. Yeah, it so. was quite sad. <laughs> sure. And and then as they continue, they start seeing more and more like demons and dementors and what have you. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm going fast. Demons and dementors and uh, scary visions. And George then sees the, a vision of his little brother who is underneath the water um, that he can't get to. And then George is like, oh, yeah, like I had a brother. His name is, I don't even remember. 
and I, I, he was drowning and I tried to get help and I got lost and he died. And that's my source of guilt. We start to pick up, oh, everyone has a source of guilt. Yes. But at this point, it's, for me, it just feels like I don't, like it's too late for me. It like I don't really care. It feels in. If they yes. had done something at the beginning um, that addressed this, had a thoughtful conversation or something of that nature, then I could be like, oh, it's cool that that conversation connects to this. But explaining it after the fact, I think is not good writing. I, I, I'd have to agree with you there. They do like they do kind of give us that little piece of something in the beginning whenever there is the piano that has fallen down. There's a piano in the catacombs. And he's like, oh, this is the exact same piano that I had. And I would play it with my brother, George. Mm-hmm. And we'd play my Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean. And it was always, we could never play it right because the, the A4 was flat. And then he plays it and the A4 is flat. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's kind of the only illusion you get, like the only foreshadowing you get, but it's not enough. And so I don't care about his relationship with his brother because of that. Similarly, um, we're going to get to it, but Perdita's guilt is that she didn't pick up the phone whenever her father was calling her the night that he killed himself, that he took his own life. And so deep in the catacombs, there's a phone and she picks it up and it's, her dad saying like, why didn't you help me? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you help me? So I, I agree with them. It's very much shoehorned in there. I wish that I had that exposition before we went into the catacombs so that I cared a little bit about yeah, the characters. An investment in the personal life of the characters. Yes, 100%. So um, uh, George gets a, a bite bit out of his neck and the flamel stone suddenly isn't working anymore. Uh, another thing I don't quite understand. So Scarlet puts zero and zero together and she figures out that, oh, this is the wrong stone. I need to go back and I need to put this stone back because this isn't the real stone and then I will get the real stone. Again, super easy to just make up some sort of thing that she remembered in, as far as writing, make up something she remembered in a different language that somehow explains the next step of the storyline. Yes. So she does that. She, this is one of my favorite. So all of these demons that are just absolutely shredding all these characters, they're all f- dropping like flies. She just runs past them. She literally stiff arms a couple of demons and they're like, and like yeah, they fall to like, the ground. Um, it's very silly. But then she gets back to the place where she took the stone out. She puts the stone back and then she discovers there is a... Um, a mirror. There's a polished mirror, and then she realizes that she has the abilities of the stone. And the stone has been believes. inside her the whole time. Truly, I looked it up. It's because she believes it's the belief in the stone that gives her the power. You looked it up and that's what it said? Yes. Boo. Boo is right. Boo. I'm so sorry, but boo. No. Unacceptable to me. I am so sorry, but no. Absolutely no. <laughs> Cause and especially the moment of her like putting the stone back and then she like r- rubs the dust off this mirror. So then she runs back to George. I forgot to mention, she sees the, the, the vision of the hanging man she saw in Iran. It's her dad. She hugs him. I wouldn't have done that. She runs back to George, uh, kisses him to, to life with true love. Which is kiss. my least favorite part of the whole entire movie. <laughs> kisses him to heal him. And then she explains that they must confront their guilt. Um, And so everyone explains why they're guilty. She's got her dad. uh, George has got his brother. And they're like Zed because Zed's the only one that's left. Zed's been pretty quiet. 
like, Zed, what's, what's your guilt? And he's like, I have a child. I, uh, I've never seen him. I pretend he's not mine, but I know he is. And they're like, oh shit. Like, okay. (laughs) Well, we don't have time to address that. (laughs) Yeah. You first, we don't have time to address that. So they all jump into this hole, um, to be absolved, I guess. So they, they find this deep hole and they just jump into it. A hole that they definitely physically could not survive. But they jump in and they admit their faults and they live. So they get to the bottom and they see a manhole on the floor. And so they push the manhole down and out and they realize that they are like, it's like everything's upside down. And so they climb out of the manhole and gravity inverts. And then they're out back on the streets of Paris or overlooking Notre Dame. And everyone just kind of like holds each other and like Mm -hmm. they're just happy that they got out. And that's kind of the end. Yes. So the the brief summary of my opinion of this movie is that I thought it had a lot of, like I liked the beginning of it and I thought I was going to like the whole movie and I like it up until, up through La Taupe, like killing, um, what's her name, Marie? Susie. Yeah, um, killing Susie. And then I thought it just started unraveling and then the explanation that you'd been waiting for was kind of cheesy and forced at the end. So ultimately I did not like, this movie though I had high hopes not when I started the movie but as I was in the movie I developed a respect and interest in it that then kind of dissolved by the end of the movie (laughs) I agree I feel I feel exactly the same way I thought it was a really fun movie I thought it had a lot of originality and creativity um I think that the riddles are a little forced yeah I think they don't make sense I don't think anyone in their right mind would be able to pull different facts from all the different languages they've ever studied and hobble them together to make something that makes sense and the resolution was constantly her just remembering something like that I don't think that's super good writing just for her for the character to be like oh I remember this and now we have a resolution on this issue a hundred percent yes uh I didn't I didn't get the guilt thing um I didn't get that at all I don't I don't appreciate that some people got to absolve themselves of their guilt and others didn't and they didn't get to confront it. Yes. Like they just got killed. So over, so overall, I feel like this movie had a lot of potential. I thought that the characters were um, like, were very likable. And I, I, re- I, I was rolling with the flow at one point with sort of this mm-hmm. motley crew that totally. together. And I really enjoyed all of that. And I liked it. There was a female protagonist that was educated and yeah. self, a self-starter. I liked all of that. And I, I even liked that, like, I liked yeah. the phone. I liked the piano. I liked all of those. I'm so sorry. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned the, the phone. Did I, did I mention the landline yet? I genuinely feel like the phone call was, like, one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and one of the most original. So they were in the evil tunnel, and then they're hearing a ringing, which doesn't make any sense if they're far, they're deep, deep under the ground. And then they go... But Papillon, who is, like, the, the head honcho, he knows everything about these tunnels. He gives us some exposition that these used... They, like, the landline companies used to run lines through these corridors... But they haven't. They they took all the landlines out. Everything's gone. So, and because because Ben Ben is like trying. Oh God, not Ben. George George is trying to be like no. Like it's okay. Then it's one of the landline phones. Because George is still trying to hold on to. I'm not trapped in the evil tunnel. But Papillon's like right. no. Like <laughs> this is part of the evil. So then they approach the phone, which continues to ring. 
and she picks it up. Um, Scarlet picks it up and she's trying to figure out who's on the other end. And then it seems like she might be recognizing the voice and she seems very, very um, agitated and very bothered by it. And then she just like slams it. doesn't tell anybody what. Because <laughs> that's her style. Yeah, it does not. That's her, she's like, all right, moving right along. We are, we're going through the evil tunnel. I'm not going to talk about that. And everyone's fine. <laughs> Um, so I liked those things. I liked that. I liked the piano that had the key that was um, out of out of the A4. Or the one key that wouldn't play. I liked all of those things. And then whenever they started having the like corporealizing of their fears and, and deep secrets and things like that, I just felt like that was so, that expose was so forced. And then that combined with like the love story um that hadn't been earned in any way they just they could have they could have thrown the whole love story out and it would have been a better movie for it i didn't need it yes or make the movie longer and make them fall in love if you're so compelled to have that oh yes we met in like school and like he's the best and then have them have like some chemistry and then like in the tunnels like you know they fall in love or they like find their true feelings or carings mm-hmm. for each other but that's not quite they didn't do that <laughs> no they did not and then i think that the the nail in the coffin for me was the sorcerer stone being like within her even though it had definitely been healing people but it just stopped healing people that's it that's it emma you hit it right there and then also now she is obliged and to be a uh medical f- physician a hundred percent now she needs to go around being a uh practicing pervert kissing all the patients yeah so like here's the thing <laughs> here's the thing like is it only true love's kiss now because that's unfortunate and she's i mean that's a malpractice suit she's <laughs> going she's gonna have one she's like, oh i thought this would help we thought this would help. <laughs> i i can't wait to see that in court and be like okay so the the cancer was cured <laughs> but I don't, it's still, you know, I don't know was if it, it was, was <laughs> I can just see it now. Be like, okay, my child has leukemia and she's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And if there's something, I, something, some large piece I was missing, please tell me. I didn't catch any large piece. Uh, maybe it wasn't true love. You know, maybe I'm, I'm so sorry. First of all, it absolutely wasn't true love. <laughs> he didn't even call her back. But second of all, what if it's not the kiss? Maybe it's just like the touch and like the I'm, energy, I'm, the energy. Yeah. The, 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 um, like the willful energy. I don't know what to call it. The intention, the intention yeah. is what I want. Yeah. What if maybe it's the intention. So if she, maybe next time she doesn't have to kiss them unless they, yeah. she feels so inclined. Yeah. Hopefully not. But yeah, Emma, you're right. That leaves a, I didn't think about quite about that. Like what that means for her future, like her, her moral and ethical obligation. Yeah. No, I, I think that, um, yeah, now she has to go join the healthcare. So welcome. So Charlotte. welcome. I know you have two PhDs and a master's, but time for an MD. Exactly. You, that's not going to get you uh, a position. So and go get med school. you will be removed from the program if you kiss the patients. Yes. And you are not allowed to do that. It is not a three strike rule. <laughs> you just get out. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and decide um, what our... Uh, what do we call it? Our like our personal ranking, our rating, we our rating. Rate that's yes. What it is. So, um, 
we have our ranking. We have our ultimate scoreboard, which is on our website. I'll link it in the description. Um, but that's our full scoreboard where we slot in every single movie we've watched on this show. Um, but we also have our own personal ratings because the ranking, the scoreboard is a humongous compromise. And so the list is just this, it's a mess, but it's our mess and we try really hard for it. But our rating system is our way of getting our own personal opinions out so that we can sleep at night. (laughs) I'll let you go first, Emma. What's your rating? My rating is three out of 10 (gasps) dead languages. Oh my God. That's really bad. (laughs) I know. I just, I'm, I'm mad at it for getting my hopes up and then crashing and burning at the end. That's really bad. Three. Okay. Also, all right. Three out of 10 dead languages. That's pretty bad. Um, okay. I'm going to give it six out of 10 PhDs. (laughs) I'm going to, it's a little higher for me. I liked it. Like I enjoyed this movie. She's trying to piss off the archaeologist a little bit more. <laughs> she has 18 PhDs and she's only 21. She's amazing. <laughs> Her skin is also flawless. Yeah. No, no question. Screw that girl. Screw her. No, I, I mean, I really liked the movie. Um, it's very problematic. The ending is a catastrophe. It is such a catastrophe. It it try I, I can t- it had good intentions and it just doesn't quite get there. But I like the I liked the idea of it. I liked the creativity of it. The 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 cinematography was really fun. The claustrophobic nature of the shots. Every shot I was into you know it. What? I'll throw in another dead language. Let's make it four. Out of four ten. dead languages. I think that's more fair. That I think so too. Because there are things that I can give merit to in it. Yeah. Just like, overall, I was yeah. Disappointed. There's a lot of merit to it. And, and honestly, if you're listening to this and you've never seen it, I genuinely do think it's worth a watch. Yeah, Don't make watch it alone. What, what was yeah. that? I said, make your own opinion. Yeah, totally. And don't watch it alone. This is definitely a movie to like nitpick at and make jokes about. Um, but Emma was there. I screamed like three times. Yeah, she did. The, we had to settle down the dogs. The, the dogs got upset. Several times. <laughs> Sandra came right up to my mouth and I was like, why are there noises coming from your mouth? <laughs> yeah, Mother, what is this? But well, you so, know what that means. Oh, um, what does it mean? It means that we need to put it officially on our list. We do. Okay. All right. So we've admitted that this is not the best horror movie, although it's still fun and I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I think everyone should go watch it. So I guess the first question I'm going to ask you, I'm looking at the list. So um, I would not feel comfortable putting it above the changeling. Of course not. No. Okay. I would not feel comfortable putting it above it. Um, no, no. Um, what about, how do you feel about it in relation to paranormal activity? Because I have not seen that. This is below paranormal for sure. Um, is it above Halloween? No. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Wait, no, you know what? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is better than Halloween. And I know I brought Halloween up again in this episode. I don't care. I don't know if it's because I like am tempted to disagree with you. And I don't know if it's purely what? because... 
if it's purely just because of nostalgia, like I, I'm, I'm but worried you that that's what it is. But you didn't grow up watching Halloween. I didn't, but like it's so much a part of the horror realm that I like. I find comfort in it. But I agree. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a better one. We did I'll grow it, up I'll with. Le- I'll with, lean it to you. Okay, we did grow up with Austin, our brother, coming over and banging on our piano, um, playing the Halloween song, the Halloween theme, which yes. is three keys. Yeah. So to, on repeat. Uh, for like a straight five <laughs> years of our life. So oh, there's some about, nostalgia there. So here's where I want to put it. I okay. like, and you tell me if this is okay with you. Okay. Yeah. I want to put it below split. Okay. And above Halloween. Oh yeah. That fits good. Wait, what, what's below Halloween? Saw. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That is okay. perfect. That's actually, so it's I, I'm be happy the with new- that. 46 that's so um <laughs> I, okay. out of 56 yeah we've done a lot we've done a lot yeah. of movies <laughs> so, it's so not, i mean it sounds bad but there we've just, are we've covered movies. so many yeah there are movies lower on that list and again i'm just gonna say it again i enjoyed the movie and it's not garbage but you know like troll 2 is also lower on that list and i've watched that like 18 times so, i like, love troll 2 it'd be number one <laughs> not numbering okay it would not be number one but i did really enjoy it Okay. For all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. This one I this one I liked for the the right and the wrong reasons. I think. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it was fun to watch with you. Like I genuinely enjoyed watching this movie, which <laughs> I cannot say for the majority of horror movies. <laughs> true. Okay, so that's as above, so below. I hope you guys enjoyed our coverage of it. Um, I'm excited to know what is about to be next. Emma, what what did the the people decide? What are we presenting to our patrons? Okay, so I have uh, three selections for us to pick from. So we had, again, a recommendation for the platform. So I think we should oh, okay. include that one in the poll. Okay, and then- like, a, like a new recommendation? Because we've had a couple... Yes, a new recommendation. Okay, good. And then um, we have a recommendation for Ma. Ma. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, that. I've been I really wanting to. I'd be to. very curious. Okay. Uh, and that one is anonymous. And then Shaun of the Dead uh, is the other recommendation, and that's by Marnie. Wow. Okay. All right. That is a good mix, and I haven't seen I'm any excited. of them. I am really excited. Okay, I'm going to pass that up to our patrons tonight, and we'll see what it is uh, soon. Yes, uh, stay tuned. I'll post um I'll post on social media whenever we get the result of that so that y'all know what to listen to. That's exciting. Um, yes, very exciting. So that's all that we have for today. Tune in next week when we'll be doing another one of our mini episodes. And the following week, we'll be either covering Shaun of the Dead, The Platform, or Ma. Time will tell. Time will tell. We will see you guys next time. I've been, really enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm, and you guys stay spoopy. Stay spoopy, guys. Bye.